you and I have something in common. What? Did you know that? I feel like we have a lot in common, so I'm not surprised. This is the only thing we have in common. Only thing. <laughs> you and I have both coached the same client, Ashley Perkins. Except you get paid for it. I have to do it free every night, all the time, every dinner time. Um, yeah. Some people might know she started a business yes. this past year. And it's actually been really fun because we get to kind of jam on a bunch of like business topics and, you know, help her work through the stuff that comes with being new at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I kind of pulled her recently for some of the topics that... I don't know. I, I thought she might word or phrase them in a way that was just true to how you feel in that stage. Because she's blunt. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one of the ones that rose to the top is she's like, I just am so afraid to come off salesy. Mm-hmm. And I remember that fear mm. and that feeling so, so deeply. <laughs> I mean, it's the worst. It is the worst. And I think there are certain people who are okay with it. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of us who just... I wonder, just, though, is there anyone who's really okay with the opposite side? Like, I think so. Like, I'm not okay if you're salesy. I'm, like, not okay with it. I'm, yeah. like, uncomfortable and can't wait for it to be over. Yeah. Keep going. Well, I, I always feared that, too. But so maybe can we first just talk about what we hate about salesy? Yeah, we can. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, I mm. One of the things that drives me nuts is just the inauthenticity that can come through. Like, yeah. I think we've talked about um, core values. One of my one of my biggest values is just what's important to me is being authentic. And when someone is being salesy, it just feels like they're being fake. Yeah. And I always feared that for sure. I don't yeah. want to ever come across that way. Um, but another specific one I encountered the other day, you know, the salesy move where they're kind of like asking you a rhetorical question and like they have the answer, but they're asking you like yeah. they want you uh-huh. to answer, yeah. but they do the whole thing with this smirk on their face. Yeah, like <laughs> yes, that. you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> the smirk on the face with the rhetorical question. I'm like, oh my gosh, you could, this could not be a worse moment. So ever. someone was doing this to you. Oh yeah. Mm. Mm. And I'm just, I... Everything in me just wants Crawling. to run. <laughs> it's so weird to me. Oh, it's such I know. An odd. Did this person not pick up on that it was making you super uncomfortable? No, not at all. Just barreled right through it? Yeah. And did they really answer the question themselves anyway? Y- yes. Yeah. Of right. course. And <laughs> the whole like... <laughs> thing was just this weird tee up that makes you feel like you're a third grader again. Like, um, the answer is <laughs> like, why? Why? I don't get it. It just drives me crazy. And then, of course, being a coach, I'm going into like psychoanalyzing the whole scenario. And I'm like, well, they're just insecure and they're, they didn't have the pedigree. So they've learned to like, if I'm loudest person, then I'll like win in this conversation. And the whole thing, I kind of like, mm-hmm. uh, it, it does seem like there's a need to get an edge in the conversation. Mm-hmm. But what <laughs> I think what drives me nuts is the actual result is the opposite. Yeah. Like they're trying to win, but actually what they do they're, is make you feel patronized yeah. and like they didn't hear mm-hmm. you at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't want you to be here at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Not fun to experience that. <laughs> and and I can see where it's Ashley's fear. If yeah. you, but the truth is the authentic, it's kind of like the authentic people are usually not afraid that they're going to come across that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like uh-huh. it's already like their own red flag. Yes. <clears throat> people who come across salesy aren't saying to their friends, I sure hope I don't come across salesy. Right, right. Um, 
Okay, shout out Stephanie who landed a job recently mm-hmm. in our membership community. And I wanted to actually read you what she posted because I thought it was really encouraging. And she said, it's taken a long time to discover an open role where I felt like my experience, my goals, and my values actually align. The no- <laughs> I love this. The numbers app. The numbers application game wasn't for me, Mm-mm. but curious conversations generated a new connection that led to the job. So she was saying thanks for the support when I felt frustrated. Uh, shout out to that, especially because of that numbers game thing. Yeah. I think she she tried mm-hmm. and realized that wasn't true to her. Nope. Like took advantage of some of the coaching tips and took a different approach that really panned out well for her. Love it. Okay, personality myth today. I'm just on the on the spouse train here. Oh, but yeah? um <laughs> I thought it was really funny because it came up the other day that uh so Ashley's personality type is she loves or she she <laughs> she hates surprises. Right. I love surprises. Mm-hmm. But then add on top of that family dynamics. So mm-hmm. her family didn't do surprises, mine did. Okay. Do you do you have any of this like in your family where people You mean like so I'm married to Adam? And so the things he did versus the things I did. Just like people in your family like or don't like surprises. Totally. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's differences. I like them too. <laughs> so yeah. it's taken me 15 years to realize this, that I still always think, well, I got to do an elaborate surprise for her. <clears throat> and that she'll be so excited. And I guess the funny thing about it is I go through all that work and then she's actually kind of mad. <laughs> she's like, stop surprising me. She would actually rather like with gifts, right. would rather be part of the buying process and tell me what to buy. Maybe even just go buy it herself yeah, probably. than the surprise. Meanwhile, I'm like kind of uh, like doing all this work and exhausting myself to try and come up with a surprise that she doesn't want. And I find this one um, comes up a lot. So I can't say, I can't say what it is. Like She what? doesn't listen to this podcast. I think so, I can say what okay. it is. What do you think it is? So her birthday's in October and... I saw that Trevor Noah is coming to do a show in our city in October, like right on her birthday. And she loves and and read his book and so really likes him since reading the book. So I'm like, yes, I'm going to. So nice when you see something you know they'll love. Oh, the I best. bought the tickets right away. So I'm like a year in advance bought the tickets. I'm like, I'm killing it, right? Fast forward to last week and we're planning a, a vacation for the summer. And of course, like when the trip had to be landed right on when this show is. And so I kind of had to say, oh, no, we've got like, there's a secret surprise thing going on. So we got to move the trip. You lost her at the, the word next surprise. Week. So I can say it this way because we already we already joked about it. She was she was laughing pretty hard at it as well that when she started getting mad. She started getting really mad. She's like, what is this secret thing? Like, this is going to be, it's going to be dumb. What do you have? All the people are going to jump out from behind the couch and say surprise. Like, are we even, am I even going to like this surprise? Like, can't we just cancel the thing so we can keep the trip where it's at? And she's, she's just rolling at this point. And I, I like these, these were areas that used to become like fights for us that now I was just sitting there laughing. I was like, this is good. Keep it going. Keep, going. keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> what else you got? Because I just know, okay, yeah, she doesn't like surprises, but I have to keep this one a surprise. Oh, you and do. I was like, we got it. No, the trip has to I'm move. wondering if that's actually not like, you keep trying well, to surprise her. Well, she was so her. convinced because there have been so many failures on my part in the past right, where right. I thought this is going to be good and right. it wasn't. So this one, <laughs> this one will be good though and worth it. You know where I 
I'm feeling like the personality part that tripped her mm-hmm. is that she likes plans and things decided. So what happened was is something was decided. It's 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 about two things actually. It's the fact that something was decided and you moved it. Uh-huh. And that there's a surprise. It was like a double whammy. Yeah. Well, I was thinking I kind of gave up halfway through trying to map it to personality types. I was like, what yeah, how where does it map to the types? I think I think it's visibility. I mean, Jay's, but I don't know about the surprise thing. I, I yeah. probably on both sides. It feels yeah. like a childhood thing. <laughs> <laughs> but Jay's in general, really, once they decide something, they really don't always like for it to it's a decision. Now we get to think about other things. We've freed up space, but now you were like <laughs> you gave her you, you had to change yeah yeah that's what's making me think what a jerk Steve. what a jerk well i want to dive into the salesy thing and specifically the way ashley framed it is what do i do i'm afraid i'll i'm afraid i'll come across salesy okay and i think it's a good question because if you are in business you have to sell mm-hmm. what i also think is even people who aren't running a business also Mm -hmm. have to sell in other ways. Mm -hmm. And so we can't just run away from it. And that's what I've been through. And now she's going through is, okay, so then what's my take on selling? And uh, that was, Uh, I don't know, that was a tough one to kind of wrestle through. mm -hmm. I think mainly because at first, a lot of people do this, they go to the extreme other end where I learn different approaches and tactics. And Mm -hmm. then I try those. So I I become Mm -hmm. even more fake. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I actually, and I think this happened a few times where I hurt relationships because um, it felt like all of a sudden I was a different person. What are your intentions here? Mm -hmm. And I wasn't clear about Mm -hmm. those. Mm -hmm. So in talking with her about it, you know, hopefully we're trying to avoid that happening. But also I think she can just be too um, soft. I don't know what the word is. This is where it's not just entrepreneurs but everyone we we become too accommodate overly accommodating mm-hmm. oh no no worries like whatever you want to do and it's like <laughs> well if you have if you have an opinion or if you have um, something you want then you just kind of let yourself uh take a back seat there so i just wanted to talk about that well i think that many times we hear people who start businesses and are so excited but the reason they quit is because they realize oh it's not it's not just the product that I'm yeah. excited about, but I have to sell the thing. Oh, and that, the number of times I've heard people, people like, yeah. I, I just want to, I just love like building, delivering a product. Right. Like, and you're like, oh yeah. Hard news. Like when you're starting a business, you are selling, I don't know the numbers, 90% of the time. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it is the majority mm-hmm. of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, I also, I'm not going to put this on anyone else. They okay. can agree or disagree. But I realized for myself, in the corporate world, I had this luxury of not having to deal with money or often decisions, mm-hmm. mainly money. Even people very high up in a company often don't have to deal with money. Now, maybe they're given a budget and they get to like make decisions with that, but they're still not like on the hook. They're mm-hmm. not actually the one having to deal with money. It's just there and it's assumed that you go to work and you do your work or, and money is just you there. know what the budget is. So that's easy to work with, too, because you're like, here's the budget. So work within it. Yeah. They didn't have to decide what the budget right. was. Right. So it adds this layer mm-hmm. of, well, then all of a sudden when you have to deal with money, you're emotionally attached. Mm-hmm. And so then in the conversation, we can get weird mm-hmm. <laughs> or we can do things we don't want to do or we sure. can um, treat people in a, in a way we don't want to or mm-hmm. they don't want um, because of the emotions involved. Right. So, um, 
I felt like that was a luxury I had in corporate world. I'm actually really grateful now I've had to learn some of those skills mm-hmm. and deal with some of those things and have some of those fears. Um, but, you, you know, it's just uh, sometimes with selling, it feels like suddenly I'm needing, I'm like manipulate. Am I manipulating somebody? Mm-hmm. Do I have ulterior motives? All of a sudden there's this weird out-of-body experience. <laughs> like, well, this is me. And now all of a sudden, like, am I not me anymore? So uh, that's kind of where the fears or the icky feelings come from for me. But I was curious for you guys if if you feel that mm-hmm. uh, that icky salesy feeling and where that comes from for you. The feeling of not wanting to be salesy for me comes from the fear of coming across inauthentic. Okay. It's just the right thing. there. Yeah. I don't want to. I, I don't want people to, it's so funny because I, the only reason I'm bringing it up to them is because I think they actually might need it. So it's actually not weird at all, but I somehow twisted in my head to think you don't have to, no, 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 no worries. Yeah. I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm just afraid to be inauthentic. Uh, sometimes I think I'm afraid of the rejection. Mm-hmm. If I really think about it, I'm afraid of the no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have the people pleaser side mm-hmm. that yeah. comes into it. I would agree with that and then add to it, it's more on the people pleaser side, but I like making people feel comfortable. And so the thought of putting them in a situation where they might feel uncomfortable because of my actions and like what I'm pushing on them, I don't like that at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought my friend said it the best the other day and I wrote it down. He goes, you know, it was out of nowhere too. He goes, isn't it the worst when people are trying to sell you something you don't want, but they keep going? <laughs> I was like, yes, yep. I never want to be that person. And there's like, it it's just like, the nail read the, the room. You can tell if someone is naturally le- leaning into curiosity around what you're mentioning. Mm-hmm. And if they are just out. Yeah. If they're out, pick up on it. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you don't want to break relational trust. I think for us, a lot of our listeners are like people helpers and, you know, care about helping people and relationships. You don't want to break that. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I think some people aren't as concerned about the relational connection. So yeah, I I thought we could talk about a little bit of what do you, what do you do about this? But first, what's the reality? Like if my fear is I am going to offend them, I'm going to be manipulative. I'm going to break the relationship. I'm going to blah, blah, they're going to think I'm terrible. A lot of those are fears and over-exaggerated. What, what is the reality? I think a lot of people need to think about that first, or that's kind of where it goes in coaching. And, um, if you're the first, the first thing I'd say is if you're hyper worried about this, the way that I was, the way that Ashley was, then you're probably actually not the one at risk of being too salesy. Right. I agree. Or you wouldn't be that worried. Mm-hmm. So first thing to note is you're probably mostly need to worry about being under. Exactly. Yeah. You're probably being too accommodating. And actually what you need to work on is getting a little more salesy just in the right way. Right. Not in the salesy way. So that's usually a light bulb for people. Okay. All right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm worried. I'm like way over here on the extreme. Actually, you're, you're probably middle towards the other side, but, um, I think it's good to be, just straight up about your intentions. And so I, before we get into like maybe more practical approaches to it, I I do think the overarching thing is if you can just be upfront about your intentions, Mm -hmm. it pretty much squashes all of these problems because the salesy feeling comes when there's hidden agendas. Mm -hmm. 
So my mistake was early on in an attempt to not be pushy, I could sometimes come across manipulative, I think. No one said that, but I, I just look back and I think maybe sometimes I was because I wasn't disclosing my intentions in the conversation. Right. So it's like, well, mm-hmm. what are we talking about mm-hmm. here? You know. So would you say that an example of that might be why you're meeting for coffee or why you're reaching out? Is that exactly, what yeah. It's just the very clear, hey, so uh, it happened the other day, right? There was um, a leader who reached out, was wanting to talk and thinking, oh, maybe you guys could help our team. We're going through some changes. And, and so we got together and um, we were just kind of chatting at first. Mm-hmm. And so I took the step, because I've learned this now, to just call it out. And I was like, so... I think what we're here for is you it sounded like you were curious maybe about some coaching or training. I would love to hear more about that. And I'm happy to like suggest options if you want to go there. But, mm-hmm. you know, I figured maybe we could just um, understand your situation first. So, boom, I'm like clearing the air. This is why we're here. And he actually said toward the end of the conversation that it was really refreshing because he lives in a world where there is a lot of salesy. Mm-hmm. And he said, that was kind of cool how you just like called out what the intentions were. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it just feels good for everybody. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's the thing. And that's why it applies not just in like specific sales situations, but anytime you're trying to maybe influence a direction of something, mm-hmm. sell yourself, you know, um, sell an idea. Mm-hmm. That that to me is the overarching. So I would break the conversation maybe into two buckets because you know I love buckets. You do. <laughs> I think the question comes from two places as I was talking through it with Ashley. She was bringing up things that were about the actual act of selling, but she was also bringing up things like her presence on social media and not wanting to be perceived Mm. um, in a way that wasn't true to her. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, you know, that's a good point. There's two, there's two buckets here. One is the tone, Mm -hmm. your tone. And the other is like actually selling. So I thought, kind of break it into that because your general tone you might not want to be perceived a certain way but then there's actually like well especially if you have a business you do need to sell and so how do you do that mm-hmm. <laughs> and there is a need to like move people into decision and move people into action and and kind of help in that way so with the tone i thought the main thing is just talking your normal voice <laughs> it sounds so basic but yeah don't change yeah a lot of people do it. Yeah. And I think it's a natural, it's like a natural thing to do mm-hmm. because in your mind you're switching modes. And so you've kind of, mm-hmm. um, you've subconsciously um, heard yeah. the way like, I don't know, the radio voice or the TV Whatever. commercial voice yeah. and like started to adapt some of that. Yeah. And then your brain is like, I'm in sales mode. I should talk like, hey, yeah. hey, you know, and <laughs> it's just just talking your normal Sometimes voice. you even, even if it's not, it's tone, but the, what shifts is all of a sudden you became kind of scripty mm-hmm. too. And you can see the difference too, where someone is getting scripty at me and that's a little tonal as well. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. It's Stay almost, conversational. Yeah. Maybe rehearse with yourself and be like, how would I say this? Just hang out with a yeah. friend. Because mm-hmm. I had a coffee meeting the other day and the person kept, all of a sudden they did that shift and they're like, well, it's good to be here. Yeah. Like, like you get to, <laughs> would you ever say that to your friend? No, <laughs> you would never say that. So just use your voice, talk how you normally would. Um, and like I said earlier, kind of like name the thing, name the thing in the air, which is the intention of the conversation. Yeah. And sometimes it's helpful too, if there's mixed intentions to say that as well. Mm-hmm. 
hey, I am actually excited to just catch up with you. And I know that we talked about having this discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes that is actually relieving for the other person. Yeah. Because you've talked about this on the podcast before with, I think, job search type conversations where the other person is kind of sitting there like, so why are we here? Yeah, right. And they want to know. They're feeling anxious (laughs) Mm -hmm. that they don't know why they're there. Yeah. But, you know, when Ashley brought this up, she was talking more about when she is with the client and they're talking about other services and products. I know. So it's not actually like a coffee meeting selling. It's like... It's upselling. uh, Sometimes, yeah. But But, it's also like they're already talking about the product. How do you help the person take the action to purchase? Mm, Okay. So um, this is where I think an invitational tone helps versus a you should tone. Sure. And I think, I think it's really common. I catch myself a lot getting that, having that tone of like, Oh, you should do this. Or Mm -hmm. it's almost, um, not judgmental. It's like blame. It's almost like blame. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there's like a element of blame in it. Mm -hmm. And instead thinking about a more invitational tone that invites someone to consider something or to take an action. So you're not being passive about Mm -hmm. it. But you're letting them be a, a human and an adult and make their you know, own decision. Now, now that you're saying that too, I would say that on top of being afraid of being inauthentic, I the ask is the hard part. Mm-hmm. I'm fine talking about greenhouse about it because I believe in it and I live it. But switching it to the like ugh, to the ask for yeah. some reason is the is actually the hardest part, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. It yeah. just is. Yeah. Well, we'll get back to that in a second with like the actual act of selling. I think with the tone, even this invitational thing plays out like the example of social media. Yeah. Because you Mm -hmm. could be out there on social media and have a tone of like, well, this is what you should do. This is what I think versus a um, more inviting. I don't know how else to say it. An invitational tone. Just a more human and conversational tone versus... Uh, a tone that makes you look all buttoned up and perfect. Even that tone is like not so great. Yeah. Another thing I've recommended to business owners is just have separate accounts. I don't know why there's this assumption that we have to use our personal account for yeah. our business. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. It just is weird that that's the assumption. Mm-hmm. Like just separate the accounts. So then you can be, you know, talking about a product mm-hmm. or a service on one and just being yourself yeah. on the other, mm-hmm. not feeling a weird crossover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My sister-in-law is the poet laureate and she has a poet laureate channel. And then she has her own mm-hmm. for just her friends where she talks just like her, a normal, like, you know what I mean? But there are other things that she's just updating on and things like it has a different feel. Yeah. If that's helpful to you, why not do it? Mm-hmm. I've, I've just found a lot of people are like, Oh, I could do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then the actual selling or the ask or the, mm-hmm. we always joke about the salespeople we work around who are like closing deals today. Oh, closing deals. <laughs> oh, God. So um, I think my number one learning is like, just ditch all the sales tactics. Mm-hmm. People sniff it out so quickly. Uh-huh. And I think we, we feel the need or we want to try them because we mm-hmm. don't like selling. So right. let me just try these things that the mm-hmm. expert says work problem is when you do a tactic now again you're shifting into a ulterior persona mm-hmm. that's not you well but then steve how do i sell then well i do think there's a way to be you and be confident in that process mm-hmm. so 
what I often work with, a lot of times it's newer coaches, um, but anyone who's in a service business, a, you know, being a subject matter expert, people helper, consultant, um, often the goal is we talk about the mindset first to remind yourself. I had to do this for years at first to have like the sticky note reminder. And I would read it before every time I was going into some kind of sales conversation is that the, my goal is not to make a sale. My goal is to help this person. Yep. And I think that can apply to any business, I think, but um, especially service-based and people helping businesses. The goal is to help them. And so the mindset is like, how can I, how can I understand the story going on in your head? If, if the goal of the conversation is to like understand what's happening in your head already, mm-hmm. what's keeping you up at night, what your hopes and goals are, then I might be able to help you and help you make a good decision for you mm-hmm. versus the goal is to make a sale. I start getting weird. <laughs> From there, I think there's some tactical things like even though I said don't follow tactical sales tactics, <laughs> even though I said don't follow sales tactics, there are some tactical things of how to be you and and not be salesy. And I think a big one is just listening versus yeah. having all the answers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm shocked now that I've been having to learn and do it, mm-hmm. how often I'm like at a store or have a any kind of sales interaction and how the person feels the need to like they have all the answers which actually is a turnoff, even though, you know, for them, they're thinking, well, this is my job to have all the answers Mm -hmm. versus listening. And then you feel understood. And it's, um, and so it's often about like asking about what their challenges are, what's holding them back, Mm -hmm. understanding their goals and where they want to get to, and then just bringing the conversation Mm -hmm. into that. Yeah. When someone is curious about me, it, it's it's great. It feels good. It just yeah. feels good when they're curious about me and then they're maybe looking for a problem that they have a solution to through that natural curiosity. I'm not afraid. It, I'm not I'm not uncomfortable at all with you making a suggestion about something you might be able to provide that solves that problem. Yeah, yeah. I think you just also have to remember though that even if there is a solution, right? Like the timing for everyone isn't also always right. So... It might not be the, so that's a thing too, isn't right. it? To oh, sense totally. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because if you come in with all the answers and you're pushy, like you're assuming that this is the right timing for them. Um, I think it's similar but different is uh, if you're listening, if you're leading with asking questions, um, then you're naturally not putting yourself on a pedestal because there is part of being feeling salesy is, the person is acting greater than Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's felt the whole way through. Right. You can feel it. It's like they, they think they're somehow like better than you, which again is that's where the icky feeling Mm -hmm. comes from versus a posture of listening and and true curiosity. It makes us just equals having a conversation. Um, So what I was telling Ashley in her circumstance was share some of your struggles too. And that'll actually mm-hmm. immediately wipe away any of your icky feelings yep. having to sell because now you're just relating to the person um, as another person who mm-hmm. has the same struggles. And people people love that. But it can be like in her shoes, it can feel like, well, I can't share my struggles. I'm supposed to be the expert, you know? Right. So that's that's a big one. When no one wants to be with an expert in 
in everything, you know, they want to know that you struggled in this area too. And what's so cool about her product too, is that she landed on it from her own struggle. Right. Which most people do in yeah. people helping businesses. I mean, it comes from out of your own struggle. A lot of products now today mm-hmm. too, like Spanx, you know, like everyone knows mm-hmm. the Spanx story and, and those kind of mm-hmm. shark tank type products. Mm-hmm. Um, I think against all conventional sales tips is just don't put people in a situation where they have to say, no, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. And that's usually going to put you in a good position because um, even if you did, I think this is this is the problem with the salesy approach. Even if you did convince them or even mm-hmm. if you did make the sale, mm-hmm. they're going to walk away not feeling good about it. And that's not a win. No. And that's why we have all these kind of negative connotations with salespeople and all the mm-hmm. jokes. Because like they they went back and high-fived. <laughs> have you watched Wolf on Wall Street? No. Oh, man. This is like such a good... Have you seen that? Yeah. <laughs> it's such a good example because it's so like over-exaggerated. But you know they're all high-fiving. They made the sale. Like The customer feels terrible. They're all like gathered oh. around the phone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no. Um. So if you put them in a position where they have to say no, like yes. you're already you're already kind of um, forcing something uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like, then how do you do it? Like, what is the approach then that I don't know any other way to do it? And I think for me, what I've learned is to um, ask the questions and have a conversation, but then actually um, ask them what they want to do next. So like I said at the mm. beginning, if it's if it's like, okay, it seems like you are interested in coaching. I'll actually just ask you like, so do you want to hear about the coaching services? Mm-hmm. And if you say, yeah, then cool. We're both free to jump into that. And if you don't, then all right, I know, I know I, signal received. Like right. I know not to push mm-hmm. any further. Mm-hmm. So I, I know that some of this is conceptual. So I wanted to let me give an example. This is this came up in the conversation with Ashley, and it's something that I have learned over time. I think when you actually are in this position of needing to sell or influence, what really helps is to, we feel like we need this person to make a decision right now. Mm-hmm. That's where the weirdness comes from. Mm-hmm. Instead, shift the whole thing to be about how can I help them make the decision they're trying to make? Mm-hmm. So let me frame it in a different way. If you're selling to me, okay. let's say like I was kind of interested, I'm feeling stuck in my career and I want coaching. I'm talking mm-hmm. to you. The reality of what's going on in my head is I'm trying to make a decision if I should buy coaching mm-hmm. from you or not. So instead of you trying to force a sale on me, just help me make the decision that I'm already trying to make. So this this is really natural for coaches when I'm coaching coaches. It's like, uh, the phrase I always use is be a coach before the coaching begins. Like before they've paid you to be their coach, actually right now in the sales conversation, be their coach. Mm-hmm. And what would you do? You would actually try to help them make a decision mm-hmm. just like any other decision that they're trying to make. You would help them process through and anticipate like, mm-hmm. what are like, where are you getting hung up? What are, okay, are you going to have to talk to anyone about this? Like what's holding you back? What are you, what are the other options you're considering? Mm-hmm. And so just being that kind of, helper in their decision-making process is what Mm -hmm. removes the salesiness Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that's what's going on. And for Ashley's situation, it's like she's has a client in front of her who's trying to decide the other products they want to buy. And the problem is that person, it's not that they don't want to buy. 
clearly they want to. They're already there. They've already purchased. The problem is they're trying to make a decision and going through this whole thought process in their head. But then like there's a pressure to make a quick decision when there's anything salesy going on. (laughs) Like one of the obvious things to do that I was telling her is um, to share what you know are common um, experiences for other people. So like she knows that a common experience Mm -hmm. is, well, I decide not to do it in the moment, but then later I'm like, no, actually I I did want to. And so then it's, um, you're not, again, you're not trying to push anything. You're actually just helping educate them on like, well, this is what typically happens. So that helps the person think through it. Or what I do with coaching is often, okay, who are like, who are you going to need to talk to about this decision? And then start to role play through that. Like, all right, what are going to be the hard parts about that conversation? Because that's what they're worried about. They're not stuck on the sale. They're stuck on all the other parts that go into the decision of buying something. So like I'm at Best Buy and someone's trying to push this new TV on me. It's like, no, no, I came here because I want a TV. That's not the problem. The problem is I'm thinking through, do I have enough money in the budget? I'm going to have to talk to Ashley about this. So how's that going to go? Like, should I buy it right now or should I go look on Amazon? If the salesperson just helped me think through those questions, then they're not salesy and they're actually helping me. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times uh, where we ended with this was if you can just share your own struggles, that's the best. That's the best salesy diffuser because it's like, this was my experience. So let me just share that with you. And then you can literally say things like, again, calling the elephant in the room. You don't have to make a purchase. You don't have to purchase this at all. But um, here's what people, here's what people typically do. Or here's like what I experienced. That piece of calling the elephant in the room. And it's what you've been saying this whole time. Sunday is just, it makes it really natural and conversational. Yeah. And then they want some information. It's not like you're just in Best Buy trying to make a decision yourself. Like you're a little bit anxious about it. Mm-hmm. Then if a salesperson comes up to you and starts pushing the TV, you're like, dude, dude, like I'm already worried about a lot of things. But if they're like, hey, so like here's this one. It's got like these pros and cons to it. There's this one. All of a sudden you're like, oh, thank God. Like I needed a little bit of help, but I was worried I was going to have to like figure out how to say no to you. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I think what you said at the end is the key thing that – um Now, me being a salesy person, I have forced you to go from trying to make the decision to now trying to figure out how to block me. (laughs) And that has actually derailed your whole decision making process because you did want to buy the TV. So, yeah, it's kind of um, if, if you're trying not to be salesy, worried about being salesy, all you have to do is is just be actually curious and mm-hmm. try to help the person think through the things they're already thinking through. Mm-hmm. As you're talking, I'm thinking to myself that like the bottom line to me is if I just let go of the idea that I'm selling anything, just let it go and just connect with a human being and naturally go where their needs are and what help them have natural conversations. Right? It's if I let go of the pressure of the sale and I'm just thinking I'm talking to you, then sometimes what happens is it will naturally go there. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. And that for me, it takes like the, the pressure off of me. Yes. But like, I think where the challenge comes in and I had this too, it's like, well, then all I was doing is having conversations and never actually making sales. <laughs> and Like a business doesn't exist without actually closing that deal. And so, so you have to go into it Right. So my, my, what I'm experiencing there, what I'm explaining maybe is the first layer 
uh, and you I, have I'm, to have a way to transition. But the truth is, yeah. tra- that's exactly you right. You have to have a way to actually make an yes. ask and actually move someone into decision, which is where it helps to be like, all right, would you like to talk about that? Okay, like, what are you working through? And actually helping to educate mm-hmm. and provide the ability for them to make the decision versus I think where Ashley was naturally going, where I did at first, which is like, hey, don't worry about it. You know, just do whatever you is want. It, and it's right. like, no, that actually doesn't mm-hmm. work. Yep. So um, that it is a it's such a nuanced thing. Like, yep. how do you do that with then, to your yeah. point, still just being you? Well, I think that you really hit on something there, too, that the the part that's sometimes easier is talking about it. Mm-hmm. The hardest part is the transition from talking about it and actually hitting on the needs right. to would you like to do anything about it? Which is why the coaching mindset is what got me finally over the hump, because it's like, no, I actually do want to help this person because yeah. if they buy from me, that's what I'm going to be doing is right. helping them to make other decisions in life. Mm-hmm. So if I just take that mindset on now, the reality is the best thing I can do to help them is help them make the decision if they should make this purchase or not. Mm-hmm. And I want them to make the best decision for them, not manipulate them into something they don't want. Right. And so that mindset kind of bridged the gap for me. And I was seeing it for Ashley of like, yes, I am just being myself and being curious about them. And I'm also helping move them into action. Yep. It's just whatever action they want to take, not the one take. I want for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs>